0: Hello coders, welcome to the Scrimba podcast. On this weekly show, I speak with successful developers about their advice on learning to code and getting your first junior developer job. This week, I'm joined by a brand new developer and Scrimba student named Gandev. Gandev was probably in your exact same position recently and he was hired as a front-end junior developer. Now you get to learn from his experience while it's fresh, including what things to do as well as what mistakes you should avoid.
1: I've tried learning code in like many different ways but I guess at the end screenbow was the only way that kind of like uh, ticked the box for me. On top of that I kind of like also found out that you have to push yourself. I mean the platforms have the job right and it, it will make things a lot easier for you but you have to like fish yourself as well.
0: Gandev's advice transcends just Scrimber. It's very much about having the right mindset and finding the right approach to finding a job. For example, Gandev started out by applying to 400 companies. I couldn't believe it. And along the way, Gandev realized there must be a better, more effective way of getting a job namely putting himself out there and connecting with other
1: developers and potential employers. I kind of like did the whole fake it till you make it. So I knew for a fact that I didn't qualify for any of these descriptions. But I also knew that how recruiters work and how the guys that actually need you on a job aren't the ones that are writing these things.
0: In this episode, you will learn exactly how Gandav did it, how he made that transition to connect with a company and find success. Let's get into it. You're a self-taught dev, right? Like you don't have a computer science degree.
1: No, hundred percent. I was planning on studying computer science, but I, I dropped out at the last minute. So yeah, I didn't even make it to the university dorm, essentially.
0: Oh, wow. And then you kind of, I think, maybe dabbled with coding a little bit before you found Scrimber. And I should let people know who are listening as well, that when you posted in Discord celebrating that you, spoiler alert, you got a job. It was so great to see, by the way, and I can't wait to dig a bit more into it. You also shared like a document. It must be I think five, six pages long, just describing your experience as well as some tips for other Scrimba users and aspiring programmers. I think the thing that stands out is that you took a very intense approach to following the front-end developer career path. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you kind of structured your days
1: in terms of learning and what you did to stay productive? I've tried many tactics. I've had goals and attempts at learning to code while I was working. And although I did get to certain points of it, I always found myself more distracted with, you know, whatever job I'm doing or whatever hobby I have outside of coding. And I feel like once you kind of like uh, kill the momentum, it's really hard to get back to it. And if you're gone f- from it for a while, you actually forget the stuff that you learned, you, whatever gains you've made, you've kind of like lost now. And it's going to be like so slow and painful to just get back to where you were initially. So I kind of realized this because I've had like, I've had like four different failed attempts, actually, like more easily, easily more than four attempts that I've actually failed, that I've actually tried. And I just brought myself to this point where I just said, you know, I have to go all out and one final go. <laughs> I've said that a million times, but this time I really meant it. I meant that like, I'm going to give it a final go, you know, and it, it's, it's basically not over until I win. So what I did is I realized that whatever ideas and plans you have, they're really nice, but you're not really going to expect to do them unless they're on your calendar you know, I say calendar, but whatever you use to structure your days or months ahead. So I really made sure that I created a calendar. You know, I had this note taking app, notion and there's this cool feature it has where you can put a timeline on things. So I gave myself a certain timeline. So I said, I'm gonna take this many days to finish each module. And if I don't finish it by that many days, then, you know, I must write a whole note to myself why I couldn't, you know, do things at the time. At the time, I was expected to do them by myself, obviously. And another thing is, I always gave myself a minimum amount of time. So no matter how bad of a day it was, there was a minimum set of hours that I wanted to do, right? Like no excuses. And I feel like once you've done something like enough times, it becomes a habit, and it will be weirder not to do them than to actually do them, right? So you just have to work yourself up to that point where you're just kind of like conditioned to doing this.
0: I like that approach. Very much. You can't really score unless you have a goal in the first place. And you're absolutely right. Like the momentum almost builds itself. And by writing why you didn't reach that goal, I think that's great because not every goal is the right goal. You might do it for a while and realize that you set the goalpost wrong or you were too harsh on yourself. But if you're forcing yourself to write about why you didn't meet the goal okay maybe one week the answer is because you were you know being lazy or something but there could be like a very legit reason like oh because i was distracted by this other thing i just had to do or maybe because this wasn't interesting to me like it turns out i wanted to learn flexbox instead of css grid that worked better for me you know that kind of thing so it sounds like you're really switched on when it comes to setting these goals and reaching them and it shows in your success
1: I mean, the, the thing is, a lot of people, I've seen this thing where they treat success and happiness as like these absolute uh, top of the mountain, you know, you should always get to them and nothing else. But sometimes it's, it's like, um you know, it's natural to fail, you know, and sometimes you learn more from failure. And it's the same thing, like. Not every day is a day to be happy. You know, sometimes you do have other emotions coming out naturally and you just, you just have to let them run their course, essentially. And it's the same thing with failure. When you fail, don't, don't like get disappointed that you fail. Instead, like ask yourself, what ways that I can gain from failing? Because I guarantee you, I want to say a month before I started this, I experienced like a failure on like a huge magnitude. And if it wasn't for that failure, I wouldn't even have the drive to actually push through with this to even start it, right? So sometimes you gain a lot more from failing, than succeeding so don't don't always just look for success like look for failure that can build you up in some sort of way because there's always stuff to be gained from every situation you know so you just have to like look at I don't want to say they're positive but just treat it like a you know like you're doing an analysis or something just try to find what worked, what didn't. And I guarantee there's always something there that, that's going to be more useful than you expected.
0: hundred percent. And I, think, I feel like we're turning the Scrimber podcast into a stoic podcast right now. Proving, <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> proving that it's not just about the coding, right? It's about your planning and your mentality, even when you face setbacks. Um, because what it sounds like to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, Gandav, is that you experienced a failure and you were kind of upset about it and that just motivated
1: you harder to, to prove you could do it. That's literally what happened. So you always gotta have them, people look for motivations, but motivation comes and goes, but you need drive, you know? If you have a drive to do something, it doesn't matter if it's raining outside, it doesn't matter if it's sunny outside, it doesn't matter if you're happy, you know? You're gonna have to do it because that's just just what drives you, right? So I needed to find a drive. So I didn't give myself like uh, happy or good reasons or whatever. I just gave myself reasons why it was necessary for me to do the things that I need to do and why it couldn't be any other way. And most importantly, I also mapped out the alternatives. And although sometimes it was hard to stick to the path you're on, once you read the alternatives, you're just going to go, no, right? <laughs> Anything but that. And then you essentially kind of like bounce back. And, you know, there's obviously going to be days as well where you're not going to have as much high energy. It doesn't matter like how far you've come. There's days where you are just definitely going to have like a downer day. So in those days, you shouldn't push your luck. You should essentially um, like you should absorb the hit but like on the lowest level, right? You should, you should do the bare minimum so you at least feel like you've done something, but at the same time, you shouldn't push yourself because then you can, it could lead to a burnout. So like there's a good day or two in a row where you might feel like, you know, it's just way too much, then just do small bits of it, but at least make sure there's some sort of progress, right? Even if you do like, what was it? 0.1% progress every day, By the end of the year, you have like 36% progress, right? Compared to someone who's done nothing and they have zero. Anyone who's willing to invest in a company will tell you 36% is much better than 0%. So again, it's all about the small gains that will add up to like the big, big moments later on. So I would just say don't stagnate. But at the same time, just, yeah, you're human, you know, you're definitely not going to have the same energy every day, not in every situation. So you're just going to have to absorb some hits, but just make sure you have enough to go on after that hit is absorbed.
0: Right. That 1% thing sounds like a nod to the Atomic Habits book by James Clear. <laughs>
1: I know, This is like the fourth episode. <laughs> yeah, man,
0: we need to do a book deal or something because it comes up so much on this podcast. It's actually kind of crazy how much it comes up, but it, that must mean there's something to it, right? I want to dig a bit more into how you specifically found the job because I know you have a lot of actionable tactics to share that are going to help people. But just on the topic of drive you brought it up yourself as being important to understand your motivation and in that document we described you also said about working sort of odd end jobs not the jobs you liked the most but clearly you're a really intelligent guy what was your drive to learn to code like what you what
1: gave you this tenacity to just go for it this time okay so i've actually gone for it like properly gone gone for it previously it's just that this time there were a lot of things that changed the biggest one i'm not going to say it's the pandemic it was actually scrimper 'Cause I feel like I feel like the Scrimba the Scrimba platform kinda gave me this different take on the whole thing. Where I always knew I wanted to learn in an interactive way, which is why I kinda preferred, you know, free code camp and code academy over, you know, like a video-based platform like Teen Treehouse. But it's just it was mind blown. It was honestly mind blown. Like the first moment I saw the trader, I just bought it. I, I bought it. I didn't even check how much money I had in there, right? For someone who's unemployed. <laughs> but, but it's just <laughs> I, I kid you not. I literally looked at it and You know, I didn't even because normally when I find a good product, I I go okay, is there like a free trial version or any of that stuff? No, I just bought it right because this did two things. One, I literally couldn't control it. I would I was gonna buy it either way. And second, I've already invested in it, right? And if you have your money or your time invested in somewhere, then you know you're gonna try to make the most out of it because you don't want to you know have an entire waste of a situation. So I feel like Scrimba was definitely the biggest variable. Other than that, I would just say, it's just like, I just have to thank my previous failures because, because I failed so many times doing the same thing. I kind of knew all the different ways not to do it. And uh, this is the part that people don't appreciate enough. When I was just having like a week where I was just like, why am I doing this again? I would, I would instantly remember I've had these weeks before, and these are the type of weeks that kind of like broke the whole process. And if I could go back in time and not have this week, or at least not have it as harsh as I made it out to be, because, you know, there's a harsh week, but then there's weeks that are harsh that you make even harsher just by like being a pessimist or whatnot. It's more like just recognizing where your weaknesses are. If you know you're weak in this area, then you know, you're going to have to like be extra strong for that day. Right. And that that day is not going to be every day, but you know, when it does come, you should not allow it to take you away. So by me failing that many times, there was almost like a pattern to my failure like I knew what could break me and what didn't break me. I kind of had the blueprints of all the different ways I could fail. So that, that allowed me to like recognize, oh, I'm in a stage where I could really, really fail now. I should, you know, use a bit more energy than I would normally use and I could get ahead of it. So it, it literally just comes with experience, really, like know yourself. And I kind of got to know myself through like just trying the same thing in different ways and just trying to see what works and what doesn't. This time I kind of had the upper hand. I kind of knew what could make me fail and what couldn't make me fail.
0: I remember when I was learning to code, there were so many specific moments where Honestly, man, I'd lie on the floor with my hand in my head being like, how the hell am I going to get a job without a computer science degree? And like, I remember it happened, but I don't remember any of like the emotion that came with it. I just know it was kind of bad. And then at some point you're doing the thing you want to do and it's all history, like it's ancient history. But you know, you know, then again, when you're feeling or you recognize a similar pattern, like you're holding your head in your hands again,
1: you're like, wait, I've been here before and I, and I made it work and it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would literally just say find something that you want to try and then fail at it, and then just overcome that failure. Like don't work on succeeding, just overcome on like beating that failure. And you know, once you run out of ways of failing, you will succeed. And all you need is like one time when you do succeed, because next time you feel like you're gonna fail, you can just remind yourself of the time that you didn't fail. And you kind of like have like a way of just going for it, right? I, I, I watch football, right? I remember there was like the Champions League final and this last eight games of Premier League where I kind of like missed the whole thing. And I, I remember I, I chose to miss them. I chose to focus on what I was going to do. And I realized that I'm going to regret it. But I, I also remember that a year from now, I can just watch the highlights. <laughs> right? And it, no matter how epic of a thing I missed, it's not going to be comparable to what I'll gain. So it's like these kind of like trade-offs. Um, and in my case, it was like particularly bad because the team I was rooting for did a amazing comeback. And I also missed the Euro final by one day. What,
0: what team do you support? Liverpool. Oh my God. Yeah, me too. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice.
1: Oh, mate. They, they were like eight on a table. And then when I came back out of it, they were back on a top three. And I went, what?
0: I won't let us digress too much, but let me just say that you probably saved some pain, actually, in the end. So no, no worries there.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's just horrible. <laughs>
0: If you are enjoying this episode of the Scrimber podcast, please do me a favor and share it with your friends on social media. Word of mouth is the single best way to support a podcast that you like. So thanks in advance. Next week, I'm speaking with Gergay Oroz, who previously worked at Uber as an engineering manager. In his position as a hiring manager, Gergay developed a wealth of knowledge about how companies hire developers and what makes the perfect tech resume from the perspective of the people actually evaluating them to schedule interviews.
1: People love to criticize the hiring process of how it's, it's messed up, it's unreasonable to expect this or that, or how you got rejected. But if you take a second, a lot of this frustration comes from people not understanding how this process works. The people who are rocking the hiring process, a lot of times they do understand how the process works and they use it to their advantage.
0: That is next Tuesday on the weekly Scrimber podcast. So please make sure you subscribe so that you see it in your feed and support the show. Back to the interview with Gandav. So you'd been using Scrimba, you were feeling much more confident in your ability, and you also didn't have much apprehension about applying for jobs. Like, what did that look like? Did you just apply to loads of jobs? Did you hear back and were you successful right away? Or is there more to the story?
1: I initially started off by just applying for, you know, random job sites like Indeed. I I knew it was like one of the biggest ones. So I thought, you know, uh, increase your odds, essentially. So I did that. And then I randomly joined a Thursday community meeting where you guys were talking about LinkedIn. And I've heard so many things about LinkedIn and it's just, I don't know, in my mind, I just thought it's a bunch of like pretentious people that use LinkedIn and no one else, right? (laughs) It's always like people that always have these posts. It's, It's almost like Instagram, but like for people that actually just want to talk about their work. And I never liked Instagram in the first place. So I was just like, ugh, there was no point to it, right? And then when you guys were talking about it and you were talking about like different ways of networking, I thought, you know, I, I should give it a go, right? That's, that's one of the things in, that comes with this job. You kind of have to try new technologies, right? That's when I started doing LinkedIn. And man, am I happy because I started applying for a few jobs, right? It wasn't much, but I was kind of like, I was at that stage where I was kind of learning, but I was also like losing the drive. But I could maintain for the moment, but I needed something like I needed a small, quick victory to kind of like bounce back the whole motivational drive or whatever you want to call it. Right. And then what happened was, as I applied for like a bunch of jobs on LinkedIn, LinkedIn does this really cool thing where it shows you when someone views your application. And the first moment I applied for a job and four hours later, it said someone just viewed your application for this job. Like I had this explosive feeling that I just felt like, oh my gosh, this is it. You know, they're gonna email me now and they're gonna call me and that's it. And although that didn't happen, like no one called me, no one emailed me back or didn't even tell me that I didn't get it. But the thing is, in that moment, I just felt like so full of energy in life that I just went back and I decided, you know, I need to redo everything. So I went back on the modules, I started doing more and more stuff and I kept applying for things on LinkedIn. Now, obviously after applying for like 400 jobs and no one responding, that energy kind of died down Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. 400 jobs? Yes, I kept count because on the bottom left, it shows you how many jobs you've applied for. So I had a target of like 100 a week. Oh my God, man, that's crazy. We <laughs> keep going. Okay, so LinkedIn has this easy apply thing. So I would just search keywords like CSS, JavaScript, HTML, React, one at a time. And I would just apply for every easy apply. So with one click, it would just send your pre-loaded info. And yeah, so that way I could just skim through 100. Yeah, I wasn't even reading the job titles. It was more like... If they get back to me and they think I'm a good fit for the job, then, you know, I can just adapt to it later. Uh, So (laughs) I didn't really worry too much about that. But I literally did apply to 400 jobs or more. And the thing is, None of them got back to me and this energy that I had like started dying down. But at that point, it didn't matter because I finished like six units, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that knowledge that I had wasn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> it was going to stay with me forever. Think of it like Super Mario, you know, the racing game. When you, whenever you get a power up, that's essentially what LinkedIn was for me in the beginning. And I basically realized, oh, LinkedIn has this other future where it's just like networking. And, you know, that's what it's really good at because everyone has this thing where you can see how many connections they have. So I thought, what if I switched up? whatever I'm doing currently isn't working because I thought it was the CV, but I changed my CV and that didn't work either. So I thought, what if I just network with people? Because I thought about it and I thought a lot of people trust you more when they've talked to you, maybe through text or voice or whatever, whenever they talk to you and they know you're an existing, like real life human, they will trust you more than when they're just skimming through a bunch of CVs where it could be anyone from anywhere. So I started doing this thing where I connected with a lot of people that are doing similar things as I want to do in the future. So anyone that was a React developer, anyone that worked with any job that required JavaScript or any other stuff I learned, I just connected with them. And after a while, I realized seniors are like way more open to this. And I also had this idea that if you're a senior, you will always like find your own big projects that you're going to need to do with your own team that you have to assemble by yourself and all this stuff. Right. I've worked with previous companies where it's just like there's always someone getting promoted and they need to assemble their own team. And sometimes they don't even have the time to do it. So they'll just take whoever walks in first. And they think that as long as they're a good learner, you know, I can teach them everything they need to know. They can be up to speed and it could be a win-win relationship. So that's what I started doing. And I started connecting with a bunch of these seniors. Eventually I did have a few responses. You know, one of them was like really, really open to this whole idea. And he's the one that eventually did land me this job. This guy has over 20 years in the industry. Yeah. I remember as I was connected with a bunch of these seniors, I literally remember he had a post on LinkedIn through some of the people that I just randomly connected with and by the way with the connections that I made I had a requirement they should all be within the same like general industry that I want to they should all be like front-end developers if I want to be a front-end developer they should also be within the city that I'm trying to get the job at which was London I did add a few full stacks and few UX designers because they seem to be jumping in between roles and somehow someway through our connections I just saw this guy one of the guys that I connected with not him reposted his post where the senior was complaining about having to do eight interviews and basically still just not getting a precise answer. And I thought that was horrible. So I just liked his post and I started connecting with him. And you know, when you're connecting with someone, you can send them that message. I had a generic message. I don't remember, but it was more like, hey, I'm currently a front-end developer. I didn't say aspiring front-end developer because I thought that I was already doing the job and no one's going to take you know, an aspiring person seriously, right? So you would just say, oh, hi, I'm a front-end developer. You know, I'm currently trying to find out the best practices of this, that, and the third, you know, you just name different technologies and you just ask them if they have a minute to spare or not. I don't remember if I just connected or if by connecting with him, that message got sent to him automatically, but he did respond. He was a UX designer and he invited me to a free Sunday class that he was doing. So I just joined and I know nothing about UX design, but I gave it my best go. And he realized that, you know, I'm an amateur, but I'm a quick learner. So then he goes, okay, can you come back next Sunday and we'll see what we can get done then? And I go, yeah, no worries. Before the next Sunday, he instantly just goes to me, hey, you're a React developer, right? And I was like, I I guess, I mean, it's it's on my LinkedIn, so it must be true. So, So then he goes, oh, I have this project if you want to help out. It was like a two weeks project or like a week's project where they just needed a React developer to build a website. And I thought, oh, no. This is the part where they find out that I'm not really a React developer <laughs> and I'm just going to be the biggest fraud, right? But while I was doing that, he also tells me there's this other company he used to work at that are currently looking for a WordPress developer. And I tell him I'm not you know, a WordPress developer, but then he just shows me all the stuff I need to know and I apply for it. And you know, I get interviewed. I wasn't sure I was going to get it, but he also put in like a lot of good words in for me. Like he he just gave me like the best character description you could ever give. And they eventually decided to like take the chance with me. So I did get the job, but it was like a bit delayed because I was also involved in this other React project. And man, I don't know which one was like more nerve wracking because I had to do the React thing while not knowing anything about React. I had literally just done half of the basic React module and I was doing this React project. And one of the first questions was like, they asked me where we should host it. I had no answer to that. (laughs) So I basically, I I was almost about to say scrimper I don't know. (laughs) But but basically while they were talking, I just searched stuff in the background and I just started saying stuff about Netlify and the other guy just took it over, hijacked the conversation, which is good for me because I had nothing to say. I had nothing of substance to say. At some point, I realized these guys kind of know that I'm not the greatest, but they kind of like want me to essentially do what I can on this project. And I'm also getting paid for it. Like I can't say the money specifically because... You know, contracts and whatnot. But the money was nice. Like I've never seen that much money that could just be made from home for one week's worth of working. And it wasn't even like one week for me, because I was actually excited. I could do 12 hours a day, right? And it, it would still feel like four hours. It was really bizarre, but I had that experience, right? And then I also had this additional stress where I had to wrap it up before the actual job starts, right? Because then you, you're going to have to pick between the project and the actual job. And I decided to pick the actual job because, you know, it's a legit job where you'll have for more than like six months or a year. Whereas the project is like, whenever you're done, you're done. At that point, I kind of realized one day, like, I'm glad that these are my problems. I'm glad that I don't have to worry about like where to find a job, but rather choosing between two different projects that I have assigned at the moment. Everything past that was like, you've already kind of made it. The struggles were just before that, because you don't realize, like I knew nothing, like I still hadn't finished CSS Grid when I landed that project. Right, I still had to go back to that and I still didn't get it properly and I, I I was here just doing stuff and I realized everything they needed for the project I would literally just search up, snipe in on that particular thing that I need to learn and I would actually learn it faster.
0: This is like the faking it to make it thing you described at the very beginning of this episode.
1: Literally, literally mate. The first week on my project I was an absolute fraud. but by Wednesday I knew like half of the stuff because <laughs> I've just been like just anxiously searching everything in the background. The, the amount of times that I've just referred back to screen, but it's just, it's ridiculous. The amount of times I go back to the same module to learn the same thing again, because I did everything right except for that part in the middle that broke the whole thing. Yeah, that's another thing. Don't be afraid of just going back and looking into stuff that you've already learned, because you're not going to remember everything. You know, you're not going to remember it forever.
0: Thanks, man. That's so encouraging. It's awesome to hear. I think regarding the the interview, you still managed to focus on the personal relationship and just you know make yourself an approachable person. Like have a real chat, understand what's going on, and demonstrate your willingness to not just get involved, but to learn and progress. This is one thing I've learned on the Screamer podcast lately. It's just how important it is to highlight your potential.
1: Yeah, I kind of figured out the biggest fear is essentially having someone on a project that will not only not pull their weight but they will do things in a really specific way. Like you'll tell them, can you do this bit? And they'll go, oh no, the contract says, I only have to do this. And if you want me to do this part, you're going to have to like add an extra on it. I feel like most people are just afraid that you're going to turn into that person. So if you're willing to show that you're willing to go the extra mile, you're willing to learn, and you're really eager when it comes to these things, then I feel like they can in a way, not forget, but they can definitely like like, in a reasonable way, excuse your inexperience. Because experience does come with time and they feel like, With the time you spend with them you're 100 like if you're the type of person that's going to pick this type of stuff up then they're willing to like take that chance on you and i realized like my story isn't that rare like this happens every day i actually came across another guy in london who's also a wordpress developer and same thing happened to me happened to him but like six months before me or like eight months before so i realized like this is actually a quite common occurrence where someone doesn't have all the experience needed or even like half of it and they somehow like and managed to, from the day the interview is booked to the day they do the interview, actually like learn all the essentials. Because I feel like when you know when you need to do, that's when you can snipe in on things and that's when you become really efficient. Because I, I feel like learning swim by myself, it was like a bit harsh in the beginning. It did help that I had a learning path, but once I kind of like knew there was a job that I could get potentially, where they were gonna use these technologies, it became really easy for me to just zoom in on those before I do anything else. Because sometimes you feel like you have to learn everything and that's not true. You just need to learn enough of everything. Like till this day, I haven't used JavaScript for a good month. It's just insane. But all the learning for JavaScript and React and I haven't even used it for the first, like, I want to say month of the job. Like at all, zero, zilch. And instead, I had to like learn PHP and WordPress and a bunch of other stuff that I've actually gotten quite decent at now. Like three weeks ago, I was kind of like panicking about the whole thing. But now I feel like it's more... I have more control over things because I kind of learned them.
0: Gandav, thank you so much for coming on the Scrimba podcast. Yeah, no worries, That was Gandev, a Scrimba student and generally just an inspiring guy. Wouldn't you agree? You can connect with Gandev in the Scrimba Discord community where he goes by the username Gandev. Remember to please subscribe to the Scrimba podcast in your podcasting app of choice to see more interviews with inspiring developers like Gandev, but also support the show. This episode was edited by Jan Ostenovic and I am your host, Alex Booker. You can follow me on Twitter at Booker Codes where I share highlights from the podcast and other news by Scrimber. See you next week.